Hey everybody, welcome to So Fast, So Furious, the ultimate Fast and Furious podcast. Dominic Toretto lives his life a quarter mile at a time, so we're watching the entire Fast and Furious franchise a quarter hour at a time. I did say it right, I didn't get my mile an hour totally. mixed up. Okay, good. No, Sometimes totally I think great. back and say, dude, intros are, are hard tough. to do, and I gotta tell you, they're nail it every week. Whoa, 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 let's not give them too much credit, because right. a lot of times, <laughs> fucking spikes the levels. Anthony vastly edits my uh, intros down to fine. what you hear. Then. Okay, fine. Yeah. But fine. That's the last compliment you'll ever get from me, young man. <laughs> and uh, you know, I you know who we are. Yeah, Zach I'm, I'm Vito, Vito. Lapicola. Vroom vroom, bitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that would be Anthony Ray Bench uh, with his new catchphrase that, yeah. that he that he that he uh, that he's gonna drive into the into the ground, much like we drove turbocharged into wait. the ground last week Ooh, on the episode. Boy. I'm just kidding, dude. It's gonna I, go so far into the ground, it's gonna get to China. <laughs> that was at the street, a legal street race. That's right. <laughs> well, I don't even know why that was funny, but it was hilarious. Okay. So, well, so I just wanted to. To sort of set up where we are with with Too Fast, Too Furious. It is Too Fast, Too Furious, man. We made it to the second movie. We did, which is exciting in How itself. How crazy is that? Rob Cohen, director of the first film, did not come back for the second film, which if you haven't heard our interview with Rob Cohen, go back to episode eight and check that out. Seriously, please. Yeah, it's a really good interview. We're yeah. happy with it. Very cool. And so uh, John Singleton, who directed um, Boys in the Hood, yeah. probably his best-known film, I think would be fair to say. I, I think that would be fair. But he also is known for Four Brothers. Uh, he made uh, Shaft. Oh, uh, I don't watch Shaft. It's one, of the, it's one of the underrated. I, I, I don't think it's the worst movie I've ever seen. It's not a great movie, but it's fun watching You know Samuel Jackson as Shaft. He also Absolutely. directed Baby Boy, which was the debut. Well, of of Tyrese. That's right. And I was going to say, Too Fast, Too Furious wanted Tyrese for what they considered the Vin Diesel role. I'm doing finger quotes. Mm-hmm. And they contacted John Singleton to watch a screening of Baby Boy. Yeah. After they watched it, they then invite. They asked him to direct the film. He thought he was going to go to the office to discuss whether or not he would do it. He went there, and they were like, let's start filming. And so he never actually said yes, what I gathered from the interview I watched, that he was just like, oh, I'm directing Too Fast, Too Furious now, which is kind of funny. That's that's very interesting. Well, yeah. how do you turn that down when they throw exactly. a boatload of money at you? And he'd already worked you with Tyrese. you doing this you know, sequel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's very interesting. None of the original writers came back for this one. Well, Gary Scott Thompson, who is credited was as credited as characters, the first, yeah, but he also he has a story credit, which basically, uh, for those of you who are film fans who don't know any of this, story by credit is usually the first person who wrote the screenplay, and then the written by credit are the arbiter, you know, the WJA arbitered people who wrote it. So basically, Gary Scott Thompson wrote the original draft, and then it uh, mm. looks like Derek Haas and Michael Brandt came in and did the rewrites and get the written-by credit for the movie. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Now, Gary Scott Thompson is the luckiest bitch on the planet because as the created by for the characters, no matter what he has to do with any of these movies, he's getting paid every time they have Cohen? to use his characters. Uh, because Gary Scott Thompson was credited with writing the first movie. Interesting. So he if, got the credit. So that's if if Rob Cohen was still executive producing the rest of these movies, yes, mm-hmm. he would be. Mm-hmm. So sadly enough, he is not a producer on any of the other movies. But the first one, thankfully, it sold 15 million discs and he's, he's loaded. Fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I can't say that he's loaded. I don't know, you know, whatever. But <laughs> but he, it did very well. It probably did well. He's still working. Yeah, it's safe to assume. And that he, I have to say, yeah. pretty great guy that we all he was had awesome. a blast talking to. So yeah, he was great. a great guy. Yeah, I was, one of the fa- my favorite things I've done mm-hmm. in 
podcasting. Definitely. Yeah, it was great. And so we are into the sequel, which it's it's interesting that like you know we're talking about this massive like blockbuster franchise, which the second one just it has this straight to DVD or video feel, which it wasn't. I mean, it came out in theaters, but it just, it's. It's interesting. It's it's a very weird movie. Um, Two years after the first one, I believe, 2003. Yeah, and, and as we learned again from the Rob Cohen interview, they started wor- working on that sequel, like, basically the weekend that the first film opened. Like, they, they started this working well. on a screenplay without even talking to him. Here's an interesting fact. Universal Studios had two scripts commissioned for this movie. There was one script that had Vin Diesel's character in it and one script that did not feature Diesel's character, depending on whether or not he came back. Back, which is an interesting thing. It makes you. It raises some questions about the rest of the the first movie. If everybody got along so well, and you know, you know, I, I hear great things about Vin they, Diesel, but he knows what back? he wants. Yeah, well, you know, because like you don't know. Yeah, because why would you write? Why would as a studio? Why would you say he may not come back for the sequel and have that these two scripts written when? Well, he was kind of blowing up around that time yeah that well, is true and he was, X, that he was, was also big. well he was he according was to imdb like he, he was doing triple x while they shot this that's the mm, official imdb mm. story is that he was shooting triple x while this was being made and that's why he couldn't do it well but i have I'm this sure theory because there there's stuff. this there's this story about how vin uh asked for 20 million dollars to do the sequel and as we 25 25 well, so we talked with Rob, and he had said that you know him and Vin both kind of didn't want to do the the sequel if it was going to take be such a departure from the first. I think that Vin didn't want to do it, asked for twenty million, twenty five million, knowing that that wasn't going to be accepted, and just like kind of like, oh yeah, I'll do your your movie if if I get paid an exorbitant amount of money. I'm making this what up. What if this they would have said yes, and then he would have been like, fuck, now exactly. I got to make this movie, and then it's like, hey, a twenty five million dollar payday, great. Yeah. I, I and you had we had talked earlier, so you had said that Paul Walker was actually in a contract to do the film. Yeah, that was one of, one of the. I watched some of the extras uh, before I watched the fifteen minutes. You know, like the stuff about the car racing and things like that. You know how they learn how to drive. And Paul Walker had a really funny joke where he basically said, "I wouldn't have missed the sequel for the world." Besides, they have me in a three picture. Like I, I was basically set into Listen a three picture contract. Plane. Yeah, Dude, folks, this is live podcasting. We are outside at the ArcLight, so ignore all the weird sounds in the back like the soda opening <laughs> you didn't hear that it must be a murder in Glendale that's yeah. right there's street racing 187 on. guys but uh, yeah so the, the first thing that I noticed right off the bat as the Universal logo kicked in the music is much better in the second film it's not it's great, more hip it's, it's more hip hoppy but it's less much techno. better no it's 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 much it's less, less tech 2001 you know Fred Durst and more 2003 move bitch get out the way <laughs> hip hop and rap which I right. think is way better than the other stuff. Well, to so to start off the first 15 minutes of uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, we are in Miami, and we open on what appears to be uh, Florida Rednecks setting up a roadblock sign in like a lowrider pickup truck thing. And I say Rednecks because they're dressed like half Jersey Shore, half trailer trash, so it's hard to pinpoint exactly and what's screaming. going on. They are definitely out of their, screaming. Out of their half teeth. Yeah. <laughs> although, and, although true to, you know, Redneck, whatever the women are gorgeous and wearing short shorts. Of course, it's yeah. Miami. It, it's it's kind of like yeah, I think it's the cast of like uh, of, real of world the Dukes Miami. of Hazard. <laughs> Dukes of Hazard. Thirty years later, right. like we got to help out this race. <laughs> and this is definitely a, a ramshackle operation compared to street racing in L.A. It's like they got like this this caravan of like uh, like they just got this pickup truck out there putting up uh, 
road closed signs as opposed yeah. to like you know blocking the the streets with cars like in the first film. Right. Just very different. And so then we cut to uh, Tej, played by Ludacris, um, and he's in his auto garage. He gets a phone call from one of the rednecks informing him that all the roadblock signs have been successfully put up. So Tej goes outside to tell a small crowd of people that they are about to race. You know what's really interesting? It's one of those like stories where you're like, I bet he's kicking himself now. Mm-hmm. They offered ja the part of Tej to Ja Rule, and Ja Rule was like, I want to be nah. I want to be Roman Pierce in the movie that Tyrese Gibson takes over. And they were like, no, no, no. And he was like, no, yes, yes, because, yes. because Tej is not a big enough part for me. I'm too big for this role. Guess what? Tej is in all of the other movies. That's he right. becomes a main main character. Ja Rule screwed himself out of a major franchise. Poor guy. Andy didn't get the three-way in the first movie. That's right. So, uh, strike two. Yeah. You, you might want to break Ja Rule's and uh, take the, the parts that are offered to you <laughs> in the future. Right. That was as terrible. Soon, yes. As soon as Tej announces the race, some dadgum acid kicks in. You're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And it's the title. You 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 almost start to think, I was joking with Anthony while we were watching this. This is where the time travel element comes yeah. in. You expect It literally it looks like time is about to split. Yeah. And Doc and it's, Marty are about to hop out. We've split off into the wrong universe. Yeah. They are universal pictures, right? That's right. So maybe maybe we get the crossover we never thought we needed. I would needed. love to see a Back to the Future Fast and the Furious crossover. We can't tell <laughs> Vin Doc Diesel is, that he's going to be a major superstar of the future, Marty. <laughs> We'd ruin the time space, space continuum. continuum. Doc is racing the DeLorean. That's right. <laughs> There's that word again. Nos. Although I would argue that going up to 88 is nothing compared That's to what true. they That's true. Yeah, <laughs> need to get some knowledge. Yeah, the DeLorean can fly. One point twenty-one miles an hour. Yeah, twelve point twenty-one gigawatts. <laughs> no, one point twenty-one. Getting my numbers all mixed up. It's okay. Let's get back to the the task at hand here. Um, and so, the there are three stereotypes ready to race. Uh, <laughs> I love. <laughs> I, I wrote that too. Did you? I didn't write it exactly like that, but I was like stereotypes. A stereotype B. There is literally there is a Japanese character played by Devin Aoki uh, named Suki, Suki mm-hmm. who is literally like an anime, anime character. character. Yeah. That, that they were like, <laughs> yeah, she is like almost annoyingly like cliched. Absolutely. Um, then we have a stereotypical Slapjack? Latino guy. Oh, Latino guy? Yeah, sorry. That was that was the next one I wrote down. But and what is, what is his name? His, he's Orange one. Julius. His Orange name, Julius. What what self-respecting <laughs> Latino would call himself Orange Julius, dude? <laughs> Come on. But he is also Sucre from Prison Break, which I love. That guy's a really good actor, mm-hmm. but they made him kind of a little bitch in this, which we'll well, which we'll part see. Of his character. Yeah. I, I know, but like, come on, give the guy some dignity. And we got Slapjack. And Slapjack, who's, who sounds like he walked straight out of an IHOP That's right. commercial. <laughs> an IHOP? Because it sounds like a like a Flapjack. Slapjack. Oh, yes, right, right, right. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, it's because his character is written so flat. That's right. Well, you know that they're all the main racers because they're all color-coordinated with their cars. Slapjack's that like... I thought was kind of cool. Oh, no, it's great. Yeah, they look like video game characters. Yeah. It, uh, Slapjack's kind of a goldish... Uh, yellow Suki is pink obviously and orange Julius is clearly orange which is weird wasn't wasn't uh, I thought what's his name was red what, I thought so too once you, you, once you get closer it's orange yeah because there is something that's very interesting that I noticed they do these individual shots of Suki orange Julius and slapjack right before they're about to race and the background extras were all dressed in their colors all the women behind Suki were in pink it was very all the people in that way yeah all the people it. behind orange Julius were wearing orange and yellow and everybody behind slapjack was wearing red it was actually really cool mm-hmm. it was the first sign that I 
I looked at that and went, okay, I could see what Singleton's yeah, kind of going for here. Gang all had their brown clothes on to match his. Yeah, it's bar. almost. It's almost. I, maybe this is reaching, but it's almost going for like more of a speed racer type feel. You know no, what well, I mean? Actually, yeah. John, it's Singleton, got a cartoony, John Singleton bright color. named three uh, influences. Speed Racer was one of them. Okay. Uh, anime was another one, and uh, Gran Turismo specifically for dry, uh, racing games. Guys, our job here is done. We all picked up on this. We are great film commentators. <laughs> yeah. End of the podcast. It's over. We're brilliant. So, in the first movie during the racing, there's so many extras. Mm-hmm. Like it looked like hundreds. Mm-hmm. This one looks like about fifteen. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, no, you're right. It's say more like 50 versus like 150 in LA. They also, as Zach pointed out, do not Thanks, look. <laughs> you also pointed out, Zach, uh-huh. these people look like they're from extras casting. Yes. Oh, yeah. As yeah. opposed to being real racers, you get a feeling that somebody was like, we need tighter control on this. Yeah, and you don't get as authentic of reaction, I think, because like, you get, like, you get them cheering and going like, yeah, yeah, and stuff. But it's like, you know, you're, on a co- you're in a commercial, you're at a sporting event, just cheer versus people that race cars you know yeah yeah i mean if i was an illegal street racer and some dude came up to me and was just like yeah we're casting a movie we want you in it like i'd be stoked i'd be stoked and like these people are just like we've been here for four hours shooting the same (laughs) shot when's the race gonna start they fed us cold cuts (laughs) yeah Cracking no, is terrible. Yeah. Am I getting overtime? There's yeah. no enthusiasm on those extra. Am I getting my SAG card out of this? Because if not, I'm going home and no <laughs> one's going to notice. So a fourth guy was supposed to race, uh, but, they, but he couldn't make it because he had to work the graveyard I shift. Love, I love the fact when you find out the amount of money these people are racing oh, oh, for in no, a few no. minutes, <laughs> I think I would have called in sick for the graveyard <laughs> shift. Totally. It totally doesn't make any sense. That part was actually written for Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was the part yeah. where, where Vin would have shown up. <laughs> He's like, I'm out of here. Well, Tej, apparently who runs this whole thing, he says they don't they, they need a fourth racer or they don't race. And the racers all agree to let Tej pick a fourth racer, so he calls Brian. Yes, and we didn't know that Brian was in the movie at this point. For those of you who've never seen the film, you get you get again, now this is a nod to the first film. Our intro to Brian in this picture, shown from behind as they introduced Vin Diesel in the first film shown from behind. Oh, so true. it starts with him from the from the back. And again, and only a towel. He has this line. Well, yeah, you got to you got to please the ladies That's and the right. people who are in the Paul Walker, you know what I mean? The uh trust me, nobody in that audience was upset he was in a towel. Like the dudes were like who cares and the women and you know the people well, into that I'm were just like wow. Stating facts. Yeah. No, yeah, cuz Paul Walker was like he was the golden god of this of this series mm-hmm. as we know. It but w- would have been better if his introduction was him doing donuts in the Miami Dolphins, getting angry and slamming the fucking thing. Damn it! The um, it, it, no, it is very interesting because he says, "Yo, Brian, do you want to get in on this race?" And his line of dialogue is, "Yeah, you know I could use the money, but yet he has thirty-five thousand dollars, which we'll get into." I thought it was okay. Uh, I'm a yeah. total idiot. I thought they were racing for three thirty-five thousand. No, no, no. That makes oh, more sense. Thirty-five hundred. Hey, folks, piece. forget everything I just said. <laughs> thirty-five hundred is still a decent chunk of it money. It is absolutely. That'll get you a hovel in Koreatown here in right, LA. Exactly. So uh, for it, a week, Tej gives yeah. Brian four minutes to get to the race, which I thought was odd. Four minutes it seems like an odd. Well, because thirty seconds ago he said race starts in five. No. Oh, did he? Okay. He yeah, yells right, some right. line he's like got that. A, he's got a schedule to keep. You got to keep your uh, your continuity going in your uh, in your sequels. That's right. And uh, back at the race, people are dancing and listening to music. John Singleton on commentary calls them speaker battles, which I'm sure is a thing. 
and I'm being serious. I just it sounds like a thing. You, like, like my speaker is better than your speaker. Yeah. Um, that was funny. I did notice they upped the the uh, ante the on the speakers quotient. in their cars. Oh yeah, like one of them opens up like it's like like an egg from the Alien movies, <laughs> and I expected a xenomorph to pop out. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's pretty crazy. Uh, and they, they spray paint the street again, like in the first movie, uh, except in the first movie, they spray paint the starting line. This one is the finishing line, which is a small oh, distinction to going, make. Going it's the, the same uh, kind of spray paint. So obviously, is, these guys are amateurs, and they don't know what they're they doing. They don't know what's going no, on. No, it is, it is interesting, because the Miami races, as we are going to find out, are completely different, different. than the ones mm-hmm. in, in L.A., so you got to set yourself true. apart for the sequel. Absolutely, right? and and I I just wanted to touch on this thing really quickly. They're doing like all these montage shots of the, the the crowd and everything getting ready for the race, and there's a brief shot of these two bro dudes getting into a fist fight, which is I mean I'm sure it happens, but it was one thing that I really appreciated in the first film where everyone at the street race is just about the cars, everyone's getting along. You yeah, know, it's there's like a celebration. Exactly, there's blacks, Asians, white guys. You know, every type of. Uh, and, and everyone's getting it's just about the cars and you know then this one is like you know obviously there's the douchebags and it's fine but yeah it broke my one fantasy. one wonders if it was a real fist fight that broke out and they just shot it could be get those guys uh so brian's speeding to the race he finally gets there and drives through uh the crowd and people seem to know who he is which makes you wonder how long has he been there well it's also it's strange that that he says you got to get here in four minutes, knowing how big Miami is. So he either has a lot of faith in Brian's street racing, which or is Brian probably lives it. right around the corner. Maybe both. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so he obviously has a reputation as a skilled racer. Uh, he gets out of his car wearing his plain ass white T-shirt. That that it's was like a something. character trait. Yeah, that is. No, here's here's the weird thing. He's got his same goofy, lovable grin on his face. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. He shows up. Well, first of all, why wasn't Brian involved in this race? If to he begin needs, with. If he needs money. Well, but but everyone there, when they find out it's Brian, they seem, like, disappointed. You know, like like they're... Yeah, they Suki's like, oh, he's, shit, it's Brian. It's so we don't, shit, we don't mind who you call, Tej, as long as it's not, not oh, Brian. it's Brian. <laughs> right. Oh, shit. Yeah, because he shows up, and suddenly everyone's like, whatever, you know, I guess I didn't need that money too much. But he's wearing a, a the whitest, cleanest T-shirt <laughs> I think I have ever seen a human being yeah. wear. We all know guys who wear T-shirts. They always have food smudges on them <laughs> and Brian. stains. Brian is squeaky clean, despite Beard the gap that he is on the run. Were you happy to see Brian Anthony? Cops. You know, like almost did your heart skip a beat? <laughs> almost immediately, I, I kind of felt that there was something different about him. Like being the lead in this movie kind of gave him like a boost of confidence. Are you saying that he, he had, was more of a co-lead in the Fast and Furious? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He kind of had like a little bit of swagger to him, where I was yeah, just like, I could see that? Okay. It's almost like I'm he's on board. Like, I, yeah, I'm I'm the one carrying this movie yeah, now. Yeah, well, exactly. But, but, but also, yeah. it's such a difference from his fir- from the character in the first film, where he is the amateur, and now in this one, he is the expert. Yeah, you notice yeah. when he pulls up, he pulls up and he hits right the, line the line perfectly, yep. which is which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and we we, we uh, there was a part earlier where Slapjack and his girlfriend are talking about how they need rent. Okay, I want to point that out really yes. quickly. Yes. And so Tej greets Brian. Brian asks if the other racers have deep pockets, to which Tez says, real deep, even though 
Slapjack was just talking about needing rent money. And Orange Julius in a few moments is going to be like, wait a minute, nobody said anything about raising the money. $500. And Brian is like, I could use the money. So they're all kind of like strapped. Well, they raise it. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So Brian Brian says hi to... No, Wait, on, can I point something yeah, out? Absolutely. I'm sorry. This was really cool. Uh, in the first well, film, to, yeah, go on. in the first film, Rob Cohen had tried very hard to create the Steve McQueen like presence around, around you know Paul Walker. And when he gets out of the car, Suki says "Sup, Bullet," which is an awesome Steve McQueen reference. Which, That's his nickname in Miami is Bullet. Yeah, I in, thought that in, was in, really in cool. In the first film, the 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 part at the end where he's chasing Johnny Tran on the bikes, yeah, that was a specific reference to Bullet. Yeah, so I thought that was cool that John Singleton kind of like carried took that over. took that and carried that over. Uh, are you guys are you McQueen fans? Can you oh, talk yeah, about absolutely. it? I love I, the I'm not familiar game. with him at all. I love Cool Hand Luke. I yeah, will he, admit I haven't cool seen Cool Hand anything. Luke. Yeah, yeah Steve but. Steve McQueen basically was one of the coolest you know action stars of all time. He also like Paul Walker was an avid racer. Mm-hmm. Um, he so much so that he became obsessed with making this movie about racing called Le Mans. It was kind of like it, you know you know how directors get their dream project and they make it and it kind of tanks, but yet that was the movie that they you know they wanted their career to kind of lead up to. Le Mans was the was the movie that Steve McQueen wanted to be like his you know inception or his you know his his masterpiece and it ended up kind of flopping at the box office um rob talked about this a little bit in the interview about how some of the movies that he watched showed him how to shoot a race Mm -hmm. and some of them didn't unfortunately the races in le mans are shot like you're watching a race so they're completely uninteresting yeah and so one of the neat things about how john singleton further like works on brian's persona in this movie is that you'll notice throughout this entire sequence he maintains his cool no matter what mm-hmm. um he's achieved that zen mastery that that mcqueen like energy everyone around him suki screaming she's gnarling her teeth and she's getting angry um one dude's like you ain't gonna pass me bitch they're all like cursing at each other and they're all like crazy brian's the only one who's just like i got this man mm-hmm. you know so Very that's zen-like. how like yeah so that is how you know john singleton basically further molds that persona that I think Paul Walker kind of embodied. Mm-hmm. And it is really weird. We've talked about this countless times on other episodes, but like he he was a way better actor than people gave him credit for, like Paul Newman. You know, Paul Newman was like a great actor I, with a with yeah, a beautiful I, face. I agree. I, I feel like Paul was great in roles where he could be great. You know what I'm saying? Like Pleasant Valley's well, yeah. great. But I mean, I even it's it's much more apparent in the first film to me where the, where he'll have like a line and it's kind of like, eh, guess that sounds believable. Like there's just it's, sometimes it's a delivery. Sometimes I think it's, it's like it's a the dialogue in this movie. You know what I mean? The dialogue is just well, not. It's David Ayer is very clearly not writing this movie. Well, you can mm-hmm. tell in the exactly. first fifteen I mean, like, minutes. Like John Singleton is known for street movies like very south central stuff which which are great but there's a lot of the dialogue kind of like let's kick it a nickel which is very like gang but you want to know something singleton doesn't take any credit as writer on this either i'm sure he he worked on the script a bit but he's not credited as a writer that's true and he he's a damn good writer i mean the stuff that i've seen of his i've seen four or five of his movies he's really good uh i think that he might have looked at this as a paycheck uh but i do think that he also did a really good job molding that that Paul Walker Steve McQueen persona. Mm-hmm. It really is a little more solidified in this movie, more so than the first. Well, because he has less to, to 
fewer people to work with. I mean, like, you know, Brian is great. Well, Vin Diesel is a huge presence. It's got to be really hard establishing establishing yourself as an actor with with someone that big. So Mm -hmm. now that Vin Diesel's kind of out of the picture, Paul Walker is kind of free to, like, shine and establish himself. Right, right. There's, there's, There's less... Of the spotlight to spread around in this film, right? Then he knows he's the, the lead. One. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, you know even I mean? even though Tyrese, you know, eventually is like the second lead. I mean, like he wasn't in the first film. Brian is obviously the main character, and so it's different from the first film in that way. Yeah. Uh, well, I I do want to point out if if any of you out there who are fans of this franchise have never seen Popo, any Steve Popo. McQueen, yeah, Popo, we all, everybody scatters. <laughs> the uh, if you are fans of of race movies and and cars and things like that, please do yourself a favor and check out some Steve McQueen movies. The guy was authentically cool. He studied kung fu with bruce lee he was one of bruce lee's very, very first students guy. um his son was in was one of the cobra kai guys in like the first karate mm-hmm. kid movie like nice. he was a fascinating dude and he uh okay he inspired a, a really shitty song by cheryl crow i'm sorry to hear that brian then says what do you say we kick it a nickel <laughs> which is the most ridiculous that sounds like something out of the 30s hey what do you say we kick <laughs> it a nickel which Shut bar. <laughs> a nickel jeez <laughs> which apparently means putting in more money uh orange julius is reluctant but after brian playfully ins- insults him he agrees to a t- another 1500 which he, brings it he to- says he says if you're not gonna pony up why don't you ask these nice people to back up the line so you can go home mm. <laughs> yeah, emasculating great. as fuck i gotta say like even though there is the dialogue in general in this movie is worse than the first one there are a lot of cool lines. i have to ask though I could be completely incorrect. Didn't they say 35 large for the money? Because isn't large a thousand? So 35 large, I thought they were racing for $35,000. It started with 2,000. Okay, so, so I totally missed that. I, I, because, you it's know, like the worst haggling ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, because you hear 35 large, I thought it was $35,000. No, so I was sense. like, that's a shit ton of money. It was initially 2,000 yeah. by Okay, and then so it was 3,500. Right, right. Because, eh. I mean, yeah, 35000 not, not so worth quitting your shift, your night <laughs> exactly. shift at the uh, Dunkin' Donuts for, after exactly. all. That's why you stayed. So Tej collects the money from the other drivers, even Slapjack, flirts with Suki a little bit. Uh, Brian spots some girl in the crowd, Eva Mendez, to be specific. Um, he seems to recognize her, but she's wearing a pretty low-cut top, so maybe it's just that. There, there are some sparks. Oh, no, yeah. yeah, one wonders, and, and, you know, one wonders what he... Well, I, we know, we know what he sees in her, but like, there's something there that's a that's not normal. He he is suspicious, or he sees something that yeah, that catches his eye. And she kind of does a little head flirt. I smell cop. Yeah, yeah he's learned from Vince. Skanks and cops. <laughs> um, so the spectators all make room for the race to begin, and Tej promises a surprise. Yeah, Tej. Son with Ja Rule. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just him, Ja Rule, and Monica. The cool. I got to point something out that I thought was really amazing. Now, see the uh, now. Okay, so I had never seen this. Anthony's never seen this. I'd always heard that this movie was a huge step down from the first film. I while I don't agree, I think at least character wise, so far from what I've seen, it's a step down. There are a lot of like touches that John Singleton went out of his way to do to 
to make sure that that first movie is still kind of in canon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At, at, at exactly seven minutes and three seconds, there's a shot that mimics, mimics the same deep rack focus from the first mm-hmm. film that we With talked about racers, that we yeah. thought was cool. It goes from like Paul Walker down to Vin Diesel, and it's like through the, the, the windows. They do that same shot. The weird thing is this one's shot in reverse. Because there's an unnatural motion of the head and the eye movements of the actors. Mm-hmm. So they filmed it. The action begins with Brian and moves down Suzuki, which mimics the shot from the first movie. But they did it backwards backwards, so that Brian is the last one and he's the main like it focus. it was an executive note. Somebody was like, it's got to end on Brian. But, you know, because in the first movie it ends on Dom. So, it, it, so it makes sense, makes sense to end on Brian. I think that's why they reversed that shot. But it's a really cool nod to that first Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. Uh, so they race. There's a lot of shifting gears, eyes looking left and right, brakes and accelerators getting pressed. A lot of stuff going on there. Um, very speed racer, you might say. Up to and including the fact that Brian is wearing all white. Well, he, he's wearing jeans, but he's got a white shirt, mm-hmm. and his car is silvery white. That's true. He's he's kind of like a Lone Ranger or speed racer type. He's the knight in like shining white armor, basically. You know, in this race. Mm-hmm. Um, curiously enough, too, the car that Brian races at the beginning is the same model. Or no, the cars that he races against are the same models that won the major races in the first movie. And they mm. reach the bridge in reverse order of their appearance in the first movie. I'm not sure. Wow. I'm not sure who thought That's that a deep up. Cut. <laughs> but yeah, that was something that they threw in there as a little nod to fans of the first movie. Interesting. Yeah. Well, Slapjack uh, pulls out ahead, and Brian's right on his tail. Uh, Slapjack turns a corner too wide, and Brian's able to slip right past him. But Slap hits the Nas and regains the lead. He hits the Nas. He hits I was. Nas. I had just been asking. Where's the Nas? And then all of a sudden, like two seconds later, I was like, there's the Nas! Like I yelled it out really loud. My roommate probably thought I was like a crazy man because I was watching it in my room. But uh, the race The Nas is just this movie's equivalent of like light speed. It is. Punchy Chewy. Did you guys notice? No, you're absolutely correct. And the way that they did the blur effects in this one, I actually kind of, sorry, Rob Cohen, I liked how they shot the races in this one a little better than the the one you know especially with the Nas effects and stuff yeah. the, the blur that they did and stuff it seemed a little more realistic but mm-hmm. still I out agree. there yeah I liked I liked these still races ex- a little better um, heightened yeah it's super heightened yeah, yeah. Um, and we also we should mention too, like speaking of differences between the LA racing and the Miami racing, this is much more than a quarter mile. Oh which, yeah, which is kind of I think part of the, the it's meant to be a twist. Well, where that I, just throws off everything, guys. <laughs> I, what, Are we gonna have to I watch forty two minutes of this movie now? <laughs> That's right. No. Um, and so yeah, it's meant to be like you know that quarter mile, and then like oh no, they're gonna turn and keep going. Yeah, they they have a prescribed race. It's a race course that mm-hmm. essentially is made up of the street. Um, something interesting too, as we pointed out in the first film, there are no pedestrians. There's nope. no one else on the street but these cars. Nope. Dead which city. adds it's a ghost excuse town. me to that like heightened sense. But it is interesting. They didn't have the budget to hire the extras. It it's it, that that is one of the things you think about. The other thing though that's interesting, sometimes in the shots, you do see the street closed signs, like somebody actually was like, we got to keep putting those out to, you know, so so you know why there are no people walking on the street. What was the difference you know? between budgets of the first film and this one? That's a one? good question. We'll have to look that up. Uh, the budget is 38. That's for the first uh, film. 38 million. And the second was 48, I believe. Okay. So it's only a 10 million difference. Yeah. So they got just a little more than the first one. That's uh, what I. On. That's what I love about Hollywood, how Hollywood is like... You know, we love the first they movie. Have it, faith made, it made half enough. a billion dollars. Here's the same amount of money for the sequel. And you're like, dude, make it a little bigger. Well, they, they didn't get what they had until the fourth movie. But, for sure. You know, that'll... 
That'll uh, be neither here nor there. So while, while the race is going on, uh, some dudes are seen breaking into a control room for a suspension bridge, and Tej orders them to hit it. This means raise the bridge, and uh, Tej's yeah. surprise is fucking dangerous. They they broke into a city building. Well, first of all, why was there no one in there? Are there no boats going through the city at 2 in the morning? I don't know. I guess know. not. But, uh, yeah, they broke into a, a city bridge. And uh, but by the there was some really fun stuff too in that race, mm-hmm. uh, like Suki's screen display and things like that. There were oh, a lot it's of little like she fun literally has her uh, anime version of herself on her GPS. Yeah, yeah, because there's uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that later though. Yeah. She the, so that was where I was talking earlier, where she gives Orange Julius when he's like kind of sexist to her earlier. He's like, ah, oh, we got a broad, you know, who's going to be racing. She oh. totally owns him throughout that race and like slams into the back of him, calls him a bitch, right? You know, sit tells him to bend over. So like she takes control. You clearly get a sense that Suki is supposed to be kind of a Michelle Rodriguez well, character. Yeah, exactly. However, I hate to say she it, she can't pull it off. Devin Aoki is is a fine actress when she has no dialogue. When she has dialogue, she does not come off as tough mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, when they're talking it's about sad. missing a fourth racer, uh, Orange Julius is like, well, let's just do two and get rid of Suki. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. What a dick. Perhaps totally. might have been a better choice for the movie, but Uh-oh. that's neither here nor there. Ayo. So, okay. uh, Slap and Brian are coming up to the rising bridge, and uh, Slapjack hits another Nas. Brian hits two at once. He hits, dude. I got to tell you, I'm not sure if hitting two NOS at the same does time anything. does anything, but damn it, that was fucking cool. See how they, go, that they was both go flying totally off the bridge, cool. and Brian goes over Slapjack and lands in front of him, I, which I, I'm not sure how it works like, physics-wise. Well, this, this, I put in my notes, this is the moment that the franchise enters like super heightened reality. Heightened reality stuff. Because, yes, his car goes over the other car. The other funny thing, apparently... Brian's car, since his car was a convertible, uh, or wh- wh- whose car was a convertible in that race? They had a roll bar on all of the other cars that jumped the bridge, mm-hmm. but there was one that was a convertible, so they actually just put a dummy in a car and jumped it so that it wouldn't kill the stunt person. Maybe that was Suki, because uh, Orange Julius, I keep wanting to call him Sucre, uh, didn't actually make the jump. He, yeah, he, he, he bitches out. out. Yeah, right. he totally bitches out. Yeah, he's like, fuck this. Yeah, he, and he screeches himself to a halt. Mm-hmm. Um, Suki reaches the bridge, hits her Nas, and she yells, smack that ass for some unknown reason. Because she's a boss bitch. She's, she's doing ass. it. No, because, because at the beginning, the, he, he makes fun of her, and now she establishes herself that she's the dominant one in this mm-hmm. relationship. Uh, the, the funny thing that is really hilarious is that Slapjack, when he lands, he crashes right into a massive product oh, placement right. sign. Right. I mean, Pepsi-Cola sign. <laughs> <laughs> so totally. pe- powered by Pepsi and Nas this time around. Mm-hmm. The drink of the next generation. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he, he literally, it's like a full frame of a Pepsi ad that yeah. he crashes into. It's yeah, like, he can't maintain control. Let's be a control, little less obvious. But Brian can maintain control. Brian maintains yeah. control. In fact, he, he is the Steve McQueen of this uh, of this movie. He finish. He wins, crosses the finish line, and he skids all cool like into camera. And he does that stunt himself. Himself, that's right. Um, if you if you impressive. have the uh, no, it's that that's. Have you ever done that in a car? No, it's really mm-hmm. fucking hard to do. I would imagine. Um, I, I used to. Too. Okay, so full stupidity disclosure. My parents are going to kill me. We had a 
Ford Escort when I was learning how to drive when I was like 17. And uh, during the winter, I would like do all this like crazy shit in the parking lot where I worked. And uh, your regular Brian really, still no, dude, it's really fucking hard to like spin a car like that. Um, I'm surprised I'm not dead. But um, the interesting thing is he did that stunt himself. He practiced it. He was able to use that as an excuse to be able to do the rest of most of his stunts in the movie. So he said, if I can pull this off, will you let me do my own stunts? They said, yeah, and he did it. And that shot's amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in the commentary, Singleton's talking about just how great of a driver that uh, Paul is and how he's able to pull that shot off. And it's a cool shot, I mean, you yeah. have to admit. And, and of course, you got to mention the shot where he lovingly pats his NOS, his oh, yeah, NOS yeah, canisters yeah. at the end of it. He literally pats them like they're old pals. What's great, though, is like he does the, the skid move, and he's kind of like grinning, you know? They cut to him like it's like a reverse shot, and he's patting the NOS. He's like, hee you know? <laughs> it makes you It makes you wonder if the executives were like, Paul, you can't happier, always smile. Happier. You can't always smile. It's a torture scene. And he's like, I'm just happy to be here, you guys. You know, like, he smiled. By the way, too, something that's really cool, um, again, about character that may be more underrated for this movie. During this very first race, you get really good character indicators from everyone. Mm-hmm. How dominant Suki is, mm-hmm. how kind of bitchy uh, Orange Julius is, mm-hmm. how over-the-top and kind of like too cocky, over-cocky Slapjack is. Mm-hmm. But you notice Paul Walker's character, Brian, the entire time is cool as a cucumber. He never loses his shit the entire race, and that's a really cool character indicator for that guy. And speaking of that, uh, I also noticed that they lay these seeds, and I mean, it's super obvious that uh, with uh, Tej and Suki being an item later, but what I like is that like it does come off like very believable because you have to imagine that they know each other why are they just now starting to flirt but it's done enough times that it's not it doesn't feel rushed it's just kind of an interesting uh, he does he does setup. have that that really what is the line oh, that gosh. he says i'm gonna Why'd have you to bring that body over later and and we'll check out the front end because he's like it's talking so, about the car but staring yeah, at her boobs it's so and she's like She's like, you better watch out, because maybe I will. And she like kisses his cheek right. or whatever. So it's like the beginning of this relationship, which is kind of interesting. It makes you wonder if if uh, John Singleton wasn't like, ah, eh, she's not in the movie, but we'll add her and give her a character as the movie goes. And Does it, same thing for Letty, what they yeah. did with Michelle Rodriguez. It's after the race, uh, Brian gets the money and gives Tej, and Tej says uh, over ten thousand dollars. Which would have been thirty five hundred a piece. I suck at math. Seventy nine ten. Uh, it's fourteen. No. Yeah, thirty five hundred and thirty five hundred is seven thousand. Ten thousand five hundred. So if it's four of them, that'd be four thousand. I mean, uh, well, I'm terrible. I, I just like, said four thousand. Well, I'm not fourteen thousand. Yeah, it would be fourteen thousand total. So he would he won ten thousand five hundred. Yeah, right. Roughly. Do the other Neither people in a race get the money? Get part of the money? Do, no. do does like second place get like five no. grand or anything? Is it not not in it illegal street racing? Because it's here, play, it's it's all or nothing, Vito. It's it's one of those strange things where you watch these movies and you're always like, "Ha ha, Paul Walker always wins." But these guys have to be good enough that they win against other people, and that's why they're in this race. Mm-hmm. They just happen to lose to Brian because right. he's the best. But I want to know if yeah. is if Slapjack and his girlfriend are going to be evicted. I'm now. sure they're out on the streets as we speak. Because they didn't get that money. He wrecked his car, so he can't race. Both of them are hooked on heroin. <laughs> What? Where'd you get that from? <laughs> just assumptions. <laughs> allegedly. What? Allegedly. Yeah, you can't you can't just throw that out there. Yes, You're you saying can. that's what they really need the money for. Yeah. Mm. 
So no, uh, they were too fit. They they had they had some muscle. That's true. Yeah. After yeah. the after the race, uh, Brian approaches that that woman from the crowd, but they don't get to talk long. She says it's time to get out of here, and just then the cops show up and everyone scatters. You know what's great though? That swagger that Anthony was talking about, dude. This is something that I noticed that Paul Walker does in these movies that is so cool. That like most people, most people are like, so hey, what's what's going on tonight? What he literally gets out of the car, walks over to her, and goes, so where are you going? What are you doing tonight? Like he totally is like he always takes fucking charge. Uh-huh. That's an amazing but thing again, about that I think character. It's, I think it's different from his character in the first film where he has earned that. In a way, yeah, he's he's got his swagger because of the events of the first movie. Yeah, yeah, and he says, "Where are you going?" And she goes, "Is does it cut before or after the uh, the po po?" They show up. Uh, Brian takes off, and that's fifteen minutes. Yeah, so yeah, so it's basically, like getaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she yeah. she sort of has. We joked around about Nas sense in the last movie. She has some sort of Nas sense because she's like, "It's time to take off," and he goes, "Why?" And then she she well, like she nods her head, and as she nods her head, you hear the police sirens and of course out of character they yell instead of going popo they yell 5050 remember remember how right. rob cohen said yeah he was saying that in illegal street races they always yell popo mm-hmm. and that's the the signal to take off but in this yell 50 so is it the difference between miami LA and la miami, or be. was there research off in this movie the world may never know unless we get John Singleton to, to come in I think for that's our, the real, uh, our wrap-up solution. episode. I think that's the real solution. We're going to have to find out. Yeah. What would you think of the opening to uh, this movie, Anthony? It was like a video game cutscene that I just wanted to skip past. Yeah, I just want to push that yeah. circle button right out yep, of it. Yep, hold it like in Red Dead Redemption. But, I mean, you have to admit, there was a, like, it wasn't insultingly bad. I mean, like, there's a lot of fun stuff in it. Uh, yeah, I guess. Like I said when we were doing the first movie, I really like the character stuff. Yeah. I could give a shit about, about the races. And this entire sequence was basically the setup and payoff of a race. That's true. That's true. There is not much to go on. In fact, when I did my first initial run through with this 15 minutes, I mean, like it was really short. It, in, upon second viewing, I mean, there is a lot more to pick up, but it is just the race. I do like the, you know, the subtle nods. And again, it's the first 15 minutes of the movie. The subtle nods to uh, Brian's progression as a character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, in the first one, he was kind of the amateur, and in this one, like he's, he's now pro. kind of a grizzled pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I like that, and, and it it wasn't something that came off as stiff or unnatural. Like I was really impressed mm-hmm. just by the change of the characters between the movies. There's also there's also that indicator too. Every time he sees Suki, like when he gets out of the car, she goes, "What's up, Bullet?" Like there's a respect there. She's not upset that he's there. She knows that she's no, up against but, someone I mean, she, worthy yeah. when she's well, about to I'm, raise him. Yeah, I could be. I, I he, took it as like she car, was pissed in the sense that it's like, oh shit, like an yeah, actual she's challenge. like, now I gotta fucking right, right. really try. But when they get out of the cars again after the race, they They're acknowledge each other. each other. Yeah. yeah, so there's there's an implication that he has been there a little while, and that there's there's some history and a mutual. Respect I need to know what the time difference is from turbocharged to this film. How long, well, how long has long Brian been in Miami? If you're at a crossroads somewhere in the Midwest, mm-hmm. New York to the left and Miami to the right, mm-hmm. how long does it take you to get to Miami? And then <laughs> add a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, he has to know. be there long enough to, you know, get into the scene. You know, he's he knows yeah, kind Tej. Kind of establish his brand. Yeah. Did he know Tej before this? I don't know. Maybe. Probably you know what's You know what's my question is, having not seen this movie before, if he's established himself and he's as Brian again... 
and he's in this street racing thing, do the cops know who he is? Like, are they aware that he is in Miami? Well, probably. But again, it just it's so far removed from L.A. Right. I mean, short of going to Mexico, he's still a wanted man. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Vin I mean, like, went to Baja, you know. Yeah. But he was like, "No, I'm staying in the United States." He could have gone to Baja. They could have. They could have rode out in like Baja forever. But you know? but again, you know, there's their relationship still has this contention to it because of how things ended. I mean, like, yeah, he let right. him go, but as we will see later. Do you, do you want me to do earmuffs? Dot dot dot. Is no, Vin Diesel going to show up in this movie? No. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's the first 15 minutes of Too Fast, Too Furious, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this uh, discussion. You know, I gotta, I gotta tell you, um, I'd heard nothing but bad things about this movie. I, I found the first 15 minutes as soon as I kind of like looked at it as you guys saw the video game aspect. I immediately thought of like a speed racer type movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with. You know Brian as like the speed character. I kind of saw where he was going with mm-hmm. it. Is it the first movie? No. Is it terrible? No. no. I I found it and we haven't entertaining. even gotten to Tyrese yet, who I gotta admit is pretty darn good. The race the race was really fun. Yeah, I I, I think. I mean, it was it was well shot. It was inventive. Mm-hmm. They did some fun stuff with it. So I'm I'm eager to see uh, I'm eager to see where it's gonna go. Well, I think that unfortunately about does it for the first uh, 15 minutes. I think that there's uh, there's a lot more in the original movie in the first 15 to kind of go through, and, and there's yeah. a little bit less in this one, which is fine. But I think that they do a lot of their setup in the next 15 minutes in this. Yeah, I mean, in the first one, you have the heist, you have the introduction to Brian, you have the introduction to the, the shitty do- tuna. The it's shitty world tuna. building. It's Dom's world yeah. building yeah. in the first movie. Yeah. In the second movie, the world is built. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I but said, it's like a video game cutscene. The that first I just 15 minutes. To this film, I think are, Get to are the more. Good stuff. Yeah. They're showing more the differences between L.A. and Miami. They're, they, I think, in their estimation, are upping it a bit. You know that is arguable. You always got to go a little further in the sequel. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a I, good opening. You know, I I found it was okay. Yeah, I, I was not disappointed. Um, You'll tolerate it. I I'm eager to see where it's going to go. Yeah, you know how it's going to tie in. Who knows. Uh, so far, I can't believe. So I'm far, saying so this. furious. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I can't so far, believe so I'm, curious. I'm saying this. The the words are, are literally hurting as they leave my mouth. Spit them out. The best part of this was Paul Walker. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen! <laughs> the tables are turned. Uh-huh. Welcome to the club, Anthony. We knew you'd join us eventually. If I, I feel like this is the end of Rosemary's Baby, he has his father's eyes. <laughs> Congratulations! Welcome, welcome to the Paul Walker fan club, dude. He was he, awesome. He wasn't bad yeah. in this. Yeah. And, yeah. and we will we will dive in more next week, and and we'll get to the the rich, creamy center that uh, is partly Tyrese. Should we change the name of the podcast to Too So Fast, Too So Furious, no. or is that Too So Much? <laughs> is too get the so fuck out of here! <laughs> and You're with fired. That, with that, <laughs> I am calling I'm not it fired. Calling it into the episode. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks. Don't everybody. we have social media to plug? Oh, I guess we do. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, why don't you start? I'm on Twitter at this game cheats. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter at Vito Lapicola, and it's up to you to learn how to spell it. I am at Zach for real. You can figure that out on your own too, because you could, you should be tweeting the <laughs> yeah. show. It's so if fast you podcast. haven't, if you haven't been listening to the show and tweeting it up to this point, you're not going to pay attention to our Twitter feed. Exactly. Can I get a stab at spelling Vito's last name? Sure. L-A-P-I-C-C-O-L-A. 
That's Good right. job, Anthony. Yeah, it's like we haven't been working together for years and years Seven and years at this point. Save it in your browser and uh, join us next week for the second 15 minutes of Too Fast, Too Furious.